Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to the March Sales Pro Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bannum. This is the second in a two-part interview that I recently conducted with Vivica Von Rosen. Listen as we discuss more strategies, tactics and tips related to content marketing, content for sales enablement and social selling best practices. For sales professionals, team leaders and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more viv welcome to the show thank you so much it's a pleasure to be here in in terms of attracting and and retaining customers why does creating and publishing content matter to to the sales process well why is it so vital to to effective social selling strategies today and and how can content establish and reinforce the trust needed for for longer-term sales yeah, no, such a great question. And, and you know, the answer is uh, multi-level, right? So first of all, if, if you're not creating content, you're, you're limiting your visibility. Um, the more content you share on any of the platforms, the more likely people are to see you. And that's part of, you know, yes, you have to have a good profile, but but part of building a strong personal brand is, you know, allowing people to see you, allowing people to see your, your, your content. Um, the second thing is establishing expertise. If you're sharing your own native content, or even if you're becoming a more of a curator of other people's content, it still does a lot to establish expertise. The third thing is, of course, building that KLT, that no like, and uh, trust factor. Um, our friend Bob Burke, you know, says all things being equal, people do business with and refer people they know, like, and trust. And content goes a, f- a long way in building that 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 is certainly at least the the know and the like um and then depending on the con uh the content the like and the trust as well but it's so much easier to to engage with someone um once they have a sense of who you are and we need to make sure that we engage with them where they are you know on av- the average person owns uh a- about four digital devices in my heart house, it's more like 50 each, but they're, you know, they're on their phones, they're on their iPads, they're on their computers. Um, they're on their, their watches. Heck my, my Apple watches is, is, I probably use it more than my phone now. Um, and we're, we're gathering content and we're gathering it everywhere. When we're on our commute, when we're in bed in the morning and at night, when we're at our dinner table with our family, when we're on the toilet, for heaven's sake. And so we want to make sure that we've got the right type of content in the right area where people are consuming it so that they are so so that they um 
so that they see us, they see our brand. And again, that's a little bit more towards the awareness side of things, the content marketing side of things. But then we can take that content and, and share it personally to our advocates, to our centers of influence within, to our coaches within the companies that we're trying to access. And a perfect example of this just happened recently. Um, and I think it took 17 minutes. Um, Kurt sent a one mob. We, we like one mob. It's a, it's a video, it's a video email tool, but you can share it through LinkedIn and it comes with a landing page. So we use one mob and Kurt sent a one mob to one of his advocates, uh, at a, at a named account that he was trying to access. And you, you can track the nice thing about one mob is you can track, right? And so he could see <coughs> and was alerted when his advocate opened up the email. He could see who it was passed through to when that person opened it up, when that person passed it then through to a third person who was the decision maker. And so that is a perfect example how he took uh, a piece of content. I think it was a YouTube video. He shared that YouTube video through a one mob email, another piece of content, but now content for sales enablement. And that that particular piece of content then got shared through the decision makers. And by the way, they're 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 just um they're they're just pounding out the details uh, for on a contract right now. And that whole process took 17 minutes or something like that. So it's really, really, really powerful to be to use these um, social tools, all of them or, or the ones that are relevant to your audience anyway, because you just never know who's going to see it, who's going to share it and how that piece of shared content might make the difference in, in someone buying your product or service. And we'll get onto this shortly in, in another question, but um, you, you just raised a very good point there. So is it is it at least partly a responsibility then of the sales professional or the sales focused professional to understand these different tools, social listening yeah. tools, email tools, and so on and so forth, or actually in certain maybe size organizations or certain industries, is that still the responsibility of the marketing department? It's both. It's both because you would think the marketing department would know, but sometimes they don't. And another example of this, and I probably shouldn't mention the name of the company, except for it's the largest database company in the world. And I, I've been training their team on content for sales enablement, and they're trying really, really hard, except for the content that the company is putting out is all top of funnel. It's all top of funnel. It's impersonal. It doesn't address the actual issues that, that their buyers and their prospects and their suspects have. And so they either share it and they're like, meh, well, let's give it a try. Or they don't share it because it's not relevant to the buyer. And because it's such a large corporation and because there's such a ginormous gap between the sales departments and the marketing departments, and truly there's antipathy there, um, it, it, it's up to, in that case, the salesperson to go digging, digging, digging and trying to find the right content and it might not be content that's produced by the company itself because it, that might not be available. So now they've got to go dig, dig, dig using some of the other tools out there like Feedly and, and well, Google for that matter, to try and find the information that their buyers need in order to make that buying decision. And that's, that's a shame because, you know, there's a huge, I mean, the, the, 
the marketing department at this company is is huge and there's some smart people there, but there's just this gap between sales and marketing. So it really depends. It it depends who 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 the, the the responsibility lies with depends on the company. Within our company, everything that we do is created with the idea of content for sales enablement. We don't do a video. We don't do an interview. We don't do a podcast. We don't do a blog without a buyer and where that buyer is in their buyer's journey in mind, without that buyer persona in mind. Um, so, you know, for us, whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, it's all very, very blended together. But it, it does depend on the company and the company culture, who the onus, you know, who the, the responsibility uh, lies with. So in one of my many tabs open in front of me here, <laughs> and uh, that, that that's a whole different uh, show on productivity. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have your Twitter account uh, in front of me, and you are at LinkedIn expert. Oh, my goodness me. That's pretty cool. I know, uh, right? <laughs> I remember the day. I mean, I can tell you, I can't tell you exactly what I was wearing, but I can describe the room I was in, who I was sitting next to, when I actually got that Twitter handle and that was like the happiest day. I'm so glad my name Vivica V I V E K A was already taken. And at that time, Vivica Von Rosen was too long for a Twitter <laughs> handle. So I went, Oh, let's see if LinkedIn expert is available. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be remiss of me on the back of that, uh, not to uh, pick your brains a bit more specifically ar around LinkedIn. So what, what forms of content work best? Wow. What a question. Uh, work best yeah. on LinkedIn. On link in and why and, and also just giving a bit of lip service to, to other networks as a minimum which right. other networks social media networks should, should be should be used by professional sales pros and and why yeah yeah um so so the best thing to use on linkedin is whatever linkedin just came out with like they, they they're so transparent whenever they have a new toy that's what they give all the algorithm juice to so um you know when linkedin publisher when it went from being available just from influencers to everybody back in 2014 Oh my gosh, if you wrote an article using LinkedIn Publisher, you would get, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 views. Um, now I'm lucky if I get like 20 views. Um, so then the newest, coolest, greatest thing ever was LinkedIn video, native video. And um, native video still does pretty well. It still does for me about five to 10 times more, vis gets me t five to 10 times more views and more activity than just, you know, sharing a link. Um, so, so native video is still a really powerful tool or content tool on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn recently released the ability and they had it for a long time back in like 2009 and then got rid of it and then they brought it back. Um, but the ability to upload uh, documents um, and in particular PowerPoints, um, not SlideShare links, because why would LinkedIn use its own company? But um, actually uploading um, PowerPoints that are less than 10 megs. And that is getting a huge amount of visibility. In fact, that's my most visible post to date was a PowerPoint I uploaded about content marketing and the death of content marketing, speaking about content for sales enablement. And that one got over 100 
thousand views uh, last time I checked. Um, and then of course, LinkedIn just announced that it is going to be, and this is so exciting. It is going to be doing live streaming um, with what they're calling LinkedIn live. So that is only available right now to a few select people. Uh, I am not one of them. Darn you LinkedIn, but uh, that will be available. Um, who knows when, but that will be available to everybody and we'll be able to do live shows like Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube Live. Finally, LinkedIn's going, oh, maybe there's something to this. So um, that's going to be hugely powerful, I think. And I'm really, I'm, we're already planning our content strategy around the new LinkedIn Live streaming um, option uh, platform service, which will be available at some point. Um, but to that, you know, I think lives do so well on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, um, I guess even on Snapchat. I honestly don't use Snapchat, but I think lives do so well because it does showcase who you are. It builds that KLT factor. It gets people to know, like, and trust you. I cannot tell you how many hair products I have bought from watching a stupid Facebook live watching some cute blonde girl curl her hair. And the next thing you know, I spent $175 on hair products and my hair will never look like hers. But I've, I've seen her. I felt like she could be a friend. Um, I, I, I feel like she, she feels my pain having limp blonde hair and her hair looks great. Surely mine will too. Um, in fact, uh, Bernadette McClellan was, um, just, uh, just shared a native video on LinkedIn about getting a cold call and, and what, and she ended up buying from this cold call because the girl that she talked to was, was, sharing her story and making her feel like she knew her. And so again, it's that KLT and that's where lives are really, really powerful on any of these platforms, which is why I'm glad LinkedIn's getting them. Um, but if you can't do lives, do video. If you can't do video, do visuals. If you can't do visual, at least share an update. <laughs> um, it depends. The social platforms you should use are where your, where your network's active. Um, you might be very B2B, but your entire network is active on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or YouTube or wherever. So be active where your network is. <laughs> Thankfully, ours is actually most active on LinkedIn. <laughs> and there are always wonderful tools out there to help you understand where, where your uh, targets are active, where, where they're engaging and all the rest of it. Uh, we are already coming towards the end of this interview. So just the last couple of questions for sure. you. Uh, it, just going back to the idea of content for sales enablement, can you just take a minute or two now and, and talk to me about this concept of vaulted as yeah. opposed to gated content? I, I, I love this term. And, and how salespeople can feed the right content at the right times to the right targets and clients. And also as part of that as well, I'd, I'd, I'd love it if you could give a little bit of lip, lip service to uh, the, the notion of repurposing content and getting oh, extra yeah. juice out, out of what you're creating and putting in, in different places. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, so, and I got these terms. In fact, I think I presented them incorrectly um, before I had a conversation with Bernie about the difference. So as we use them, vaulted content 
is, well, let me go to gated content first, because that's what we all know, right? Gated content is when you have a white sheet, a checklist, some piece of content online, and you have to pay with your email address, uh, your name, sometimes a phone number, sometimes more information. So that is gated uh, gated content. And that's, that's what we use to build our email lists, basically. <laughs> so um, when you're, when you're talking about typical, you know, the, the typical online marketing funnel, it starts with some big brand awareness piece of content, and that might be gated. But certainly, if you if you click through and read that article, that blog post, whatever, on see that video online, then you get um, the opportunity usually to get another even more specific and relevant piece of content. And, and it's free, but you have to give your email address or your phone number or whatever. Um, and so that is gated content. Vaulted content or vaulted assets is when a marketing department, usually a marketing department, goes, hey, we've got this really great information here. We know our salespeople need it in order to share it with their buyers. So we're going to put it in this R drive or we're going to put it in eClincher or we're going to put it in some tool online and we're going to segment it so that a, you know, a database buyer who's got an interested prospect or advocate um, who is focused on um, small tech database problems in the Philippines, um, the, 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 the salesperson can go, okay, I'm going to go into our vault. I'm going to sort by, you know, where my, who my buyer is, where they are, what industry there is, and voila, there is the content served up for them. They can look through the titles, look through the types of content and go, okay, here's a perfect article, blog post, video um, that I can now take and share one-on-one, usually one-on-one, with my prospect. And so that's what the vaulted assets are. It's, it's when a marketing department who's very aware of the three or seven, as I like to think of them, <laughs> um, uh, stages of the buyer's journey, what, who, the, who the client is, what industry they're in, they're in, what their points of pay are, and they're able to create content that speaks to those elements, put it in this vault, and then segment it in such a way that, that the, the buyer can easily, I'm sorry, that the salesperson can easily find what they need to share with the buyer. So that's really what a vaulted asset is. It's just when a marketing department takes content, vaults it, segments it, and then either they serve it up or allows the, uh, the, the salesperson to find and serve it up. Okay, awesome. We are at the end of this chat already, just before we wrap things up. How can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about the wonderful work done at Bengresso? Oh, sure. So if you Google LinkedIn expert, um, my LinkedIn profile should be the first uh, one of the first things that show up. So please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just please customize the invitation because I've actually hit my limit of connections. And so I have to kick somebody out to accept you, but I will totally do that. 
if you let me know that you were listening to me on Bill's show. Um, if you want to find out more about content, content for sales enablement, of course, you can just go to Vengresso, one S, Vengresso.com, V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O.com. Um, we also, I, I got a content for sales enablement.com. So if you want to um, look at what we offer and really deep dive a little bit more into what content for sales enablement is, just go to contentforsalesenablement.com and uh, that will take you to the page on our website that talks all about that. Um, I'm obviously, I'm at LinkedIn expert on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on YouTube so and on Instagram, but honestly, I'm never using Instagram. So if you DM me there, I, I might get back to you in like four or five months. <laughs> um, and, and if you have any questions, you can always just email me directly, Vivica, V-I-V-E-K-A at Vengresso.com. Um, I'm, I'm very old fashioned and I still answer emails. <laughs> okay. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Vivica Von Rosen, thank you very much for being a guest on the Sales Pro Chat Show. Oh my goodness. Thank you. My pleasure. And listeners, uh, this particular Sales Pro Chat show is associated with a wonderful Twitter chat happening on the 28th of March 2019. So watch out for that where you'll get another chance to learn from the awesome Vivica. As always, until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. 